Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and we have an awesome episode for you all today. Our now yearly tradition with Knicks Film School, we're going to be making bold predictions with uh, Jeremy Cohen and Jonathan Macri of Knicks Film School. Gavin, what kind of cool stuff are we getting into in this first of two parts? There's, there's a lot of interesting stuff, Alex. Jeremy has a bold one on Kevin Knox potentially getting moved. I talk about the Knicks three-point shooting and why they could ultimately be one of the best three-point shooting teams in the entire NBA. And then our guy, the GOAT, Jonathan Macri, uh, he's kind of a crazy prediction on just how good Obi Topping could be statistically on a per 36-minute basis. Hint, hint, only one other player has done it in recent NBA history. So all that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. Here he comes right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's out. Anthony for three. All right, welcome into Locked On Knicks. I am Alex Wolf. I'm editor in chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. Also, going to be writing for Clutch Points this year about the Knicks. He is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play by play broadcaster's favorite play by play broadcaster. And we're, of course, on YouTube right now. If you are not checking this out on YouTube, definitely feel free to. Uh, and thank you also for making us your first listen every day. We're here for you guys every single day of the week with great Knicks content, including this awesome crossover that I do not want to hold us back from any further. So without further ado, let's get into our crossover with Jonathan Macri and Jeremy Cohen of Knicks Film School doing this is actually the first part of the second half of our predictions. So be sure to check out the Knicks Film School feed where we did our first half of predictions. Uh, this whole thing runs about two hours. There's a lot of bold predictions going on here. So check out Knicks Film School. And then we're going to get into the first round of Locked On Knicks bold predictions here right now, starting with Jeremy Cohen. Uh, but we could probably throw this to Jeremy now, I think, sure. right? Maybe we could put Jeremy back into the third spot, or do we want to give it to Gavin again and keep <laughs> making Jeremy back clean up. Je- Jeremy, you know what? You you moved up to the three the three oh, spot in the order. Tough, tough. Sorry, Gavin. We um, were initially going to take turns between the two shows, and then yeah. Macri threw a wrench in it to start. I figured maybe we'd get back on track. All right. Know. So so my answer or my, my next prediction. It, actually hinges upon are we on the kfs pod still or are we on the locked on knicks pod now because we're halfway through so this is are the you question. deciding how to double agent this so why does it matter no because well, it doesn't it, matter all right. <laughs> the reason was because i got i have a take that i've said in the kfs pod but maybe not for this is probably on locked pod, on knicks so. at this point if i had to guess all i right, think we're cool. probably so gonna open up on i'll open up the locked on knicks pod by assuming that's the case um by saying that Last year, I said that the Knicks would be moving at least six players, which was crazy. Uh, and then I also was thinking about a big deadline deal. Instead, I'm going to go in the exact opposite direction. And I'm going to say that the biggest move that the Knicks make at the deadline will be trading Kevin Knox away in some capacity. 
Uh, they won't really do a whole lot other than that. I just don't see a market opening up as things stand unless a player like Damian Lillard asks out midseason, which I just don't really see happening, but stranger things have happened. Uh, the thing about Knox is that, you know, we, we just talked about how all the these players that the Knicks have, they've brought them back. They've brought them back long-term. We just talked about how Mitchell Robinson and the hope that he gets extended. That would leave exactly one, well, two players, one being Wayne Selden, which, okay. The other being Kevin Knox without a, a guaranteed salary moving forward. Um, and I just think that the Knicks are at the point where they will need to consolidate, but they don't need to do it quite yet. And they need outgoing salary as much as they can get moving forward, trading Kevin Knox either for a traded player exception that they can then acquire a player into that or trading Kevin Knox for another player whose salary isn't expiring. I talked about last week, someone like a DJ Augustine type who has a non-guaranteed salary in 2022 doing that and getting him to a place where he can then kind of live out the last of his rookie contract in a place where he can play, where he can show why he might be able to get another, you know, a DSJ type deal with a training camp deal where he goes to a team like the Blazers or whatever it might be. Just he's clearly not in the team's plans. I don't even know if he's categorized as situational unless all of the wings. What's under situational? What's worse than situational in Tibbs dictionary? Uh, I don't know. I think I'd probably prefer death at that point. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're not situational, that means I think that there is no situation in which you can see time. It's, it's like, uh, what was it? I think with Peyton Manning, where they said, how do we practice when 18 goes down? And it's like, we don't. We're just, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it's that sort of thing. And I feel like Knox just like, all right, we're really going to throw him out there. But regardless, I just don't think there's going to be a lot done this year to, to change or improve the team. I think it's mostly just going to be uh, plucking off periphery guys. And I don't think you get much more periphery than a player like Knox. And uh, I, I just think he's pretty much, Maybe someone like Selden goes to, I, I don't know, but I think he's the primary focus of a player who gets traded. I, can you say how this is so sad that this is what has become of Kevin Knox? It, you know, it, it's, and more generally, it's like, man, between him, Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Delacina, um, even someone like Trier, who I know, look, is not you know, has his flaws, but like there were points in time in the past several years where we've we've individually been really high on all these guys, and uh, it's uh, what I said highest all star odds on our uh, twenty nineteen. Uh, my like, block oh block my god, yes, I remember that. Oh, talk about takes that have aged well, boy. Yeah, <laughs> go, don't, please don't ever anybody listen. Go back and listen to that episode. That was a bold prediction in retrospect. Yeah, no, a bit. It's just, um, man, I don't know where it went. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I have some ideas about where it went sideways, but yeah, I, it's, it's, this is a good call. I mean, it's a good, it's a good salary. It's a good movable salary. That's, that's, that's the best thing you could say about Kevin Knox right now. Yeah. I have a lot to add. I think it's right. Yeah. I, um, I, my only, my only thing is, I don't know if, so like, this is the, the, the according to you, Jeremy, the biggest move the Knicks make this season will be this, which would assume that they don't make any other moves. I know you said like, yeah, short of like a big star coming up. I don't know. I just I, I feel like there might be something else around the margins they might try to do. I 
I, where though? Thing, how, how do they improve the? Where's the obvious well, margin move to improve the roster? Here's that's the thing what is, I struggle with. Here's the thing is that it's unfortunately that assumes perfect health, and I don't know if we can assume perfect health. So they might hit the deadline, and maybe someone's <sighs> hurt for an extended period of time, and you're looking to plug that hole, and you know you trade. Uh, I'm not saying you would trade one of the core pieces or anything, but maybe it does involve trading Knox, but more so than just trying to get like a salary for going forward, you're maybe spending a little bit of draft capital along with Knox's salary, along with maybe one other filler salary to get someone who's more useful than just like a chunk of change. You know what I mean? I I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. What what John, what you're about to say, and I agree with, I mean, I'll just say it is that, it seems like everywhere where there might be a hole to plug up, the Knicks internally can do that. Like at yeah. the point guard spot, if Rose or Walker goes down, look, I'm not saying I trust Deuce McBride with my life for how he would play as a rookie, mm-hmm. but it's the sort of thing where I could see them moving him up, moving Emmanuel quickly into a different role, maybe quickly. Mm-hmm. Grimes yeah. in. Like, there's enough ways where it's like you'd have to have so many players out where you say, we're just, we've been decimated. What can we do? Who else can we trade? <laughs> I mean, I, I just, bet, I bet that the Knicks never expected to play Norvell Pell big minutes last year, and yet sure. they did. But you know what I mean? Here's the beauty of it, so, right? Like at the center position, right? Let's say mm-hmm. something. Well, we actually saw it this past preseason mm-hmm. game. I mean, it basically got to the point where the only reason we saw Obi and Randall was because Mitch was had played enough in his first game back. Nerlens Noel was being sat out. Taj Gibson fouled out, and basically. Um, Tibbs said, okay, am I really going to go with Jericho Sims filling in? Am I going to put someone like Amir Sims in? No, I'm, I'm going to go small. I'm going to try this out in, you know, preseason minutes, see what happens, anything goes. And so it's that sort of thing where I, I just feel like there are enough pieces on the board for the Knicks to just be more versatile instead of having to trade for a replacement player to kind of plug that hole. I think that mm-hmm. they're going to conserve a lot of their assets and basically try to make it for something that's bigger where we're then like, yeah, this is someone who can help change the game for what we need to do. And by keeping that in mind, it's like, again, who else is out there, right? Maybe like, let's say it's, um, all right, let me put it this way. Let's say it's Knox and Noel, for example. Like you could say, oh, well, we could do something. Well, okay, but what player are you getting, right? What player are you able to, sure, you could say, hey, that's enough salary, just salary alone for Miles Turner. Okay, but are you playing Miles Turner ahead of Mitchell Robinson? Did something happen to Mitchell Robinson? Is he not good enough where now he's considered a backup a whole lot of things going on which is why i just i feel like the only player who's worth a damn financially and who doesn't have a role is kevin knox and the other guys yeah you could probably replace one or two of them bring up one of the younger players uh and more on that in a moment from me but with that being said i just i don't think there's enough going on where you then like dive in for that player unless it's like terrence ross or like i was about to say if there's like a i i can't believe I'm saying this. If there was like a season ending injury to like one of the starting wings and it was like, um, this would actually be too much money for, to get Ross, but like uh, maybe Knox would be enough. I, I think Ross makes 12 points something. So it would maybe like Knox, a draft Selden. pick and some, yeah. And like Selden um, for Ross, you know, to, to play, you know, if, if God forbid someone important went down, but other than that, I, I, I'd, I'd be surprised, but who knows? Listen, we say this shit every year, like crazy shit happens. Uh, 
All right, guys, it's about that time. Let's take our first break to tell you about Prize Picks. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win 10 times in any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. It's revolutionary. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. And today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com as directtv.com, compatible device required, content varies by package. And finally, guys, we wanted to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. For your second listen, get everything you need from contender to pretender around the NBA with the ultimate NBA season preview, the biggest and most comprehensive season preview you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Gavin, you are you are up. Prediction number eight uh, on our list. All right. Uh, prediction number eight. Uh, this is in line with my first one, but it's that the Knicks finished top three in the NBA in three-pointers made. Uh, again, this may be overly reliant on preseason statistics, but um, they were exactly third in three-pointers made just ahead of the Denver Nuggets, Oklahoma City Thunder, Utah Jazz. Again, this this 100% falls in the bold prediction category because every team in the NBA is shooting threes at insane rates. And I think because of that, there's like inherently some randomness baked in in terms of who actually finishes at the top. But this is more so a saying like the Knicks at the one through four spot are about as good of a shooting team as there is in the league. I mean, they have four guys who are capable of hitting 40% from three on pretty decent volume. And then you look at the bench, you have Emmanuel quickly, you have Derek Rose, who maybe last year was a little fluky, but seems to have found a shot late in his career. You have Obi Toppin, who's taken a step forward in that category. And they don't necessarily, like they, they're getting a lot of them up as well. Um, I think that would be my bigger concern. I doubt they finish top five in volume ultimately. And so obviously you have to shoot it really, really well to finish top three overall. But this is more like a bet on like the talent is there. I, I think they have top three, three-point shooting talent without going through every team in the league. And maybe I'd push them back a little further or up a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think, I think right around that range is, is good for me. Yeah. I, yeah. I buy it. <laughs> I buy it. Like what, why, why is what we're seeing in the preseason? Not real. I like somebody has, would have to explain that to me. Long time outside of RJ. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't see anybody not, producing the way that they did in preseason if anything i almost see some guys getting better like i thought the camera kind of sucked from three 
in the preseason by and large. Like, especially, I mean, that last preseason game, he was terrible. I mean, he airballed one that was like a shot that he makes all the time. Uh, just like a quick little pull up three off a screen. Like, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're, I think that it's pretty clear they're, they're looking to shoot a lot of threes this year. Um, it seems like there's they, been a mentality shift. It really Oh, for sure. And I mean, it's, it's just kind of hilarious to now reflect on all the takes from like this time last year. Like, will Tibbs ever, ever yeah. adapt? And, you know, will he ever do this? The, I mean, his, those his takes defense, were bad in the moment. Yeah. His defense even has changed. You know what I mean? Like he went from ice, like try to get guys to the to the perimeter to now. I mean, their defense is more or less like try to funnel guys inside and let them deal with our monsters at center in the middle. You know, and that's kind of their strategy on defense now. He's yeah. he very clearly adjusts based off what his personnel is. And, you know, his personnel now is, you know, the team was like, let's add some shooters and some creators. And the game plan now is let's keep everything around the perimeter until the right opportunity opens up. And then you can either take that driving lane that you're afforded or shoot a three or kick it back out to a shooter. You know, there's like their whole thing is just keep, keep guys running around the three point line and setting screens for each other and trying to free each other up until finally something cracks in the defense and then just take advantage of it. And uh, you know, that's going to result in a ton of threes. I think this is going to be, this is going to be the first team since 12-13, I think, that unintentionally revolutionized the game uh, that that shoots, you know, as, as many threes and is is around the top of the league in, in that number. I, I don't think that that'll be that hard at all. Although I guess Gavin's thing isn't just taking the most, it's also making the most. And they, they have, I mean, a number of like career 38 or so percent three-point shooters on the team and I think they're going to be just fine as far as making a lot of those ones that they take as well and, and being among the top Je- of the league in that category. Jeremy, who who hits the highest percentage from deep this year? Putting you on the spot. On like decent value. I'm going to say RJ Barrett. Because I think okay. a lot of his looks are going to also be catch and shoot. Okay. And uh, I think he'll spot up nicely. He'll get wide open looks. Because again, there are going to be nights where he's going to be considered your fourth option. And he should not be. He should probably be more your second option. And yet, He'll be left wide open, but you know, the, I, I'm, I'm going to buy the take. I think top three is a, is a tiny bit spicy. It might be close to top five, but screw it. I'm going to buy it. Uh, it's funny to me how similarly the jazz and the Knicks have been um, kind of yeah, like the architecture there. And it's, it shouldn't be surprised because Walt Perrin was very instrumental in setting up the jazz and he's in New York. So last year, the jazz hit the most threes in the NBA. So I figure as the Knicks kind of, you know, go in that direction. Like you're seeing, I, I hope it doesn't take it or take many of them, but Nerlens Noel saying, yeah, like I've been told to shoot corner threes and practice that we saw Taj Gibson hitting a clutch three in the third preseason game against the Pistons. The Knicks aren't going to go five out, but they're going to have, you know, partially maybe some bigs who can at least attempt shots. And I'm not saying they're going to make them, but it just goes to show that when you're on the floor with four other guys who can shoot lights out to begin with, and then you have your fifth player who like even attempts them and, and sometimes can make them like even a semi-decent clip, uh, depending on how much Taj plays. Like, why not? Why can't you get up there in top three for the most three-pointers made, especially when you have upgraded your backcourt um, and you brought back your entire five-man bench? So I think it works out perfectly. I'll, I'll buy it. Here's my my other thing to throw in there too, Jeremy, as far as like, well, will they be top three, top five, whatever? I think top three is is pretty 
reasonable because the one thing that the Knicks aren't good at is finishing inside. Like they don't have a particularly strong finishing team. Like RJ has not put up great numbers in that respect in his career so far, despite being pretty good at getting in there. Uh, same with Julius, you know, Julius last year was in like, I just looked it up the other day. He was in like the 16th percentile, I think last year among bigs finishing inside. Granted he, he plays more like a wing, but even for a wing, his percentages were not great. Um, you know, Fournier is actually pretty decent finishing inside surprisingly, like more, more so than you would think. Um, and then Kemba, you know, it, it depends on how healthy he is, how much burst he still has. Cause he's purely reliant on just being able to beat his man to be effective getting to the hoop because you know if he's got to compete with the the big guys down there then he's kind of screwed um and then you know you have like rose pretty good finishing off the bench but then like quickly is not particularly good at finishing inside burks isn't particularly good at finishing inside obi especially for his size is really not good at finishing inside noel doesn't have hands uh mitch i didn't mention is probably your only like true above average guy at finishing around the rim on the whole team, unless you maybe want to count Fournier. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I think that that's going to make them very reliant on the three, but luckily they're like well-equipped to be reliant on the three as a consistent source of offense, I think. But there probably will be a few games where they put up real stinkers where like the whole team just goes cold as, as happens yeah, but that's, sometimes. That's every team though, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah. I mean, I just think, I think that it'll really show for the Knicks if they go, if they go particularly cold from three for a game, it'll, it'll kind of show for them. Um, yeah, I, um, I, it's funny. We didn't, um, we didn't like discuss like what our takes were going to be beforehand. And so many of, of what we've talked, so much of what we've talked about centers on the fact that we think this offense is going to be really very good. And it, you know, someone's going to look like an asshole. It's either going to be us or it's going to be league wide consensus because I was like, just noticing, you know, before like, you know, Popper tweeted out his uh, preseason predictions column and then retweeted it a few minutes later saying like a scout just called me and told me I was like way, way too optimistic about this team. You know, I don't, I think they're going to be good. I I don't know that I'm with like as, as lofty as, as maybe some of you guys are, but I I think there are, I, I just, there's no reason why they shouldn't be a top 12 offense or can't be a top 12 it, it mm-hmm. might not be but it but it but it could be um t- time out for two seconds because uh please a certain patreon pod where you listed the knicks as where john um i <laughs> i andrew's gonna yeah i think i'm not supposed i'm he, he like just, barred well, he just from, said thank you in all caps yeah, in all so i think that that is approval of the fact that you can proceed with with at least stating where this team, or you can even say the general vicinity of where this team is. Okay, you can say this. Perfect. John, where did you have the Knicks seated in your uh, tier of teams for the East and the Wolf? Well, let's just... I, I predicted that they... Because, again, we were forced to slap them in somewhere. Say it. And I'm like, fuck it, why not? I think the Knicks are going to be the third seed in the East. Hey, okay. you right. know, so- <laughs> I'm going to join you on that boat. I said that the other day. We did a Locked on NBA roundtable discussion thing. Okay. And... Locked on NBA had the the audacity to put the Knicks in the quote playoff hopeful spot. Like the the it was in the same show with like the Wizards and stuff. And I was like, get out of here. Granted, the Hawks were in it too. So I think it was just kind of a messy category. But I, I was like, man, I can see the Knicks finishing as high as the third seed. I don't think it's that crazy. The Nets and the Sixers are were the top two seeds last year, and they're like completely insane right now. There's that like 
there's no order uh, on those teams right now. You know, they's going to be a mess. Like sorry to anyone Cats and dogs that. living together. Yeah. Mass I mean, chaos. You know, they they're, they're going to be they're going to be a mess. The Bucks are, you know, there's a chance they might be on a championship hangover and not necessarily feel like they got to be the number 1 seed anymore. Um we'll see. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Like No, it, look, it's it's justifiable. Granted Giannis is making threes now, so yeah, the whole league say, might just be screwed. So They'll go um, as far as Giannis takes them and I think I don't think Giannis yeah. is going to have a hangover. I think if anything, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Milwaukee also went first in our in our wins draft. Uh another uh, Patreon special. By the way, for any locked on Knicks listeners who uh care to listen to all Check these. out the Knicks Film School Check. Patreon. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Check out the Strickland one while you're at it too. If you got some money to blow this season, <laughs> I, I'm now proud. I'm now a proud. I don't know what tier it is. I'm paying nine dollars a month to the Strickland. I don't know what I get, but I, hopefully I get some good stuff. I think you get all the all the extra Schwinn rants. Um, awesome, great. Yeah, I think you get. Can all I the pay Schwinn extra shit. to not get those? And then, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll discuss a special plan for a special you. Special tier for me. Yeah, actually, where yeah. I get all. <laughs> it's actually sixty nine dollars a month <laughs> to not hear Schwinn. <laughs> That's a bargain. All right, we're going to take our second break. We just wanted to remind you all this episode is brought to you by Built Bar and tell you what, you can now see my face on YouTube talking about Built Bars for the first time. You can see I'm not kidding. I'm actually I'm very enthusiastic about these things. I love eating Built Bars. They come in so many delicious flavors. Absolutely the best tasting protein bar I've ever had in my life. My favorites are coconut and cookies and cream. can't recommend those two flavors enough if you're into say a Mounds bar or a uh Hershey's cookies and cream bar, you know, if you like those sort of flavors, you're going to love coconut and cookies and cream from Built Bar, all covered in 100% chocolate and they're good for you. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar with only 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. You're really not going to find a better ratio of great taste and high protein to low sugar, low carbs, low calories anywhere else. If you want to get some built bars for yourself, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Um okay. So, uh we're we're going to go to our last round of predictions. So, I'm up again. Um uh Obi Toppin um as anybody who's listened to uh, our pod over the course of the last several months knows I- i'm pretty high on him and it's funny cuz i just i looked at the prediction i'm i'm about to make and i'm like is that spicy enough and then i went and looked and checked at how many people did this last season so first let me see the per- here are the per 36 numbers i am predicting for ob top in the season this is my third prediction 18 points per 36 minutes, 9 boards per 36 minutes, 3 dimes per 36, 1 steal per 36. And finally, this is probably the maybe the spiciest part of this, 2 blocks per 36 minutes. So, none of those sound completely outlandish, right? Well, I went back and checked last season and unless I don't know how to use the NBA's uh, stats page, not a single player in the NBA last season had per 36 minute averages of 18 points, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, and two blocks, which I have to say I was a little surprised by. Um, now, Obi Toppin, this preseason, here's where he's at. 17 point, and this again, all per 36 minutes, 17.8 points, um, 9.4, or excuse me, 11.7 rebounds, 9.4 defensive rebounds, 2.3 assists, 
um, 0.9 steals and 2.3 blocks. Um, this is me. I don't know what it is at this point, doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down on that. I think, I think Tibbs is, is, is when he said he found something the other night by putting Grimes in as an extra perimeter defender that maybe is going to allow him to play Obi and Randall together. I think he means it. Um, I don't know if they're going to go to it every game. I don't know if they're going to go to it for more than a couple minutes at a time, but I think they will go to it. I think it will be something that they do this year as a meaningful portion of their offense. And I think Obi's going to get some blocks as a result of that. We saw him get three blocks in a seven minute span to end the game the other night. Um, so yeah, I mean, Obi Toppin, I love him. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to have a, a very fun year and, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that this one works out. Alex, any thoughts? Yeah, I guess the only thing, uh, so if I was going to pick one stat that I think that he might struggle to get per 36 in this, it might be the three assists as crazy as that is to say. That's a, that's a reasonable thing to, to poke, poke at. Yeah. I mean, I will say if he's getting these stats, as much as you want to love Obi Toppin, the Knicks are going to be flashing that stat sheet to anybody with the star available and saying like, <laughs> hey, guys, look what Obi Toppin's averaging for 36 because yeah. those are some damn good numbers. I mean, two blocks and a steal per 36. I mean, if if he was doing that and actually playing 36 minutes, he would probably be a defensive player of the year candidate, right? I, I, mean, I mean, I just like I think he moves, you know, again, you you had a but it's funny. You had the, the Knox defense take last mm-hmm. year that at the time that wasn't that crazy. It looks pretty ridiculous now. <laughs> I'm going to say that I, I think I like how Obi moves on defense. I'm impressed oh, by do. him. I think he's going to mm-hmm. be a, a, a pretty good NBA, a decent NBA defender, pretty good NBA defender, I don't, you know, whatever you want. I'm say. not saying that he's a bad defender, but like I actually think he's uh, Okay, I was about to say really good defender. I don't know if I'm quite I don't know there about yet. that, but he's yeah. he's he's a definitely a good defender, and he looks to be on track to be an above average defender. Yeah. Um, my only thing is like two blocks and a steal per it's a lot per thirty six is a lot. This that's lot. three, you know, that's like a normal starter's minute load, right? That's why we use per thirty six. So, I mean, that's that's three stocks per game. You know, if if you play in normal minutes, that's quite a bit. Look, it's my spiciest take. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty spicy. The very, you're very bullish on the defense. Um, So I like it. I'm bullish on his defense too. I just don't know if you get that many blocks or that many assists. I think are the two, the two that stand out to me. That might be why there's no players that hit those qualifiers from a year ago. So Uh, Jeremy thoughts. If I had more time in my life, I would do everything I could to pinpoint the exact moment where the light switch flipped on for you and Obi Toppin. <laughs> it actually might be more of a dimmer because like, <laughs> it's now gone past the point where I feel like the dimmer could even go and it's blinding. So um, I, I, you know, I, as a result, I think your love is becoming so big to the point where it is now like crazy expectations for Obi Toppin. I just, I think it's, too spicy in general. Um, I think he'll be a better player and I understand this is per 36. So I get it. But again, I think that also he's still not going to get the minutes that will then kind of help him stat wise. So it's then going to feel like a jumbled mess of like, no, you need to play to get in a rhythm and, and right. Yeah. Like if, if he's logging 15 minutes a game, then like I could see it. Not, not that I could see it happening, but like, let me put this right. 15 minutes versus like the 18 minutes that I think 
you said you think he could play, right? You said 18 in your I, I did user. say 18. Right. So like 18 is half of 36 in this case. So basically good, you're, you're saying, thank you. Uh, so basically you're, you're saying that if he's playing 18 minutes, that he's going to average nine points, four and a half boards, one and a half dimes, a block and half a steal per game. And I just don't think he gets there. So that's why I think it's a bit loftier, but, um, but I respect the admiration and the quintupling down of the Obi Toppin love from you. Gavin, you going to pile on my, my shitty Obi Toppin take? Uh, I was just going to say, it's like a weird thing, right? Because it almost all depends on how many minutes you think he plays. Because like, I was looking at this and I was like, in 12 minutes, this is all pretty doable. Because then it's just a third of all those numbers. And I'm like, oh, Obi in, in 12 minutes, he can get six points, three boards, one dime, uh, whatever, 0.7 blocks, uh, 0.3 steals. Like that, that all seems like very, very doable. But I think that almost like, confirms Jeremy's logic to some extent like like it seems easy like because you could see him doing one of those things each time but can you see him doing all of those things every single night and like and obviously he doesn't have to he just has to like do some of them really well some nights some of them really well the other night but I think it's the stretch that he gets to all of those but that's why it's a bold prediction I like the spirit of it because I'm also I'm also very in on Obi Toppin this year I think he's going to get I, I still have a lot of concerns about his finishing but I think that will sort of be offset by the fact that he will be playing with more with better talent and it would be more conducive to him getting runouts, a lot more conducive to him getting lobs, especially when a Nerland's patented corner three comes into play. Um, so I think the scoring I'm almost less concerned about the assists. I'm not really concerned about because we've been talking about this whole podcast. The ball is really going to ping around and inevitably like, and Obi Obi does have passing talent, but even yes. if he, guys are going to get assists just as a proxy of um, I am catching it on the wing and the last defender is scrambling out to me. The next pass is just five feet over to the corner and that guy's wide open and everyone's going to be, I think, piling up assists in, in that way. I think the, the defensive ones are the ones I am most concerned about um, just because like, and not, not because I don't think Obi's a solid defender, just because like he, I don't really consider him like an event generating defender. Like he, he does, he does occasionally, but I haven't really seen that kind of consistency yet. And I think as he has more time in the NBA and it like gets better and better, like anticipating stuff like that will come along, but this feels like a little early for me on the loss. By the way, there has been one player um, who has played an appreciable number of minutes in the last three seasons to have accomplished those per 36 um, uh, numbers. And he did it twice in 2018-19 and 2018-20. And that player uh, is Anthony Davis. Uh, okay, I was actually going to guess Giannis, maybe. But I knew it had to be someone uh, in that general vein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now it, that you've said that, do you still stand by this prediction? Oh, fuck it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm dying on It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> All right, we're going to put this on, on a big marquee. Uh, uh, Obi Toppin is the next Anthony Davis, says Jonathan Macri. Uh, better, better actually. I was gonna say, I'll say better. better version better, of Anthony better, Davis. Anthony Davis two point. <laughs> or is Anthony Davis just Obi Toppin, like the point the five? Mod. Right. Yeah, he's the, exactly. He's the, he's the alpha version of, yeah. of uh, Obi Toppin. Obi yeah. Toppin Davis walks so Obi Toppin can run. Could run. <laughs> so Obi Toppin can run like a baby gazelle down the court. <laughs> Alex, still... please, please start talking so we don't have to talk about this thing anymore. Oh, uh, I don't know. This has been pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> Just sure keep going know. in on this. All right, that's it for the first part of our part two of the Locked On Knicks Knicks Film School Bold Predictions Crossover uh, Edition. Is if that's not enough of a mouthful. Uh, again, you know, if you haven't heard it yet, be sure to check out Knicks Film School's feed 
uh, or YouTube for the first part of our bold predictions for this season, uh, going over a whole bunch of different stuff. It, it, it was sort of the, we went least spicy to most spicy, but I actually think some of the less spicy takes in the beginning, quote unquote, were, were pretty spicy. So uh, definitely check that out. And we'll be back with another part to this episode uh, later today, actually. We're going to just drop both of them today. And we wanted to thank you guys for always making Locked On Knicks your first listen every day. Uh, again, we'll have the second part of the the crossover on the feed very soon. We're also going to have an episode coming up with Prez from the Strickland talking about Kemba Walker tomorrow. So that's something to look forward to. Now make sure to make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. Uh, Josh hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet, and it's free on and available on all platforms. Until later, though, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace out, and uh, welcome to YouTube if you are, are tuning in and seeing us on YouTube for the first time.